Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Catch the Fire Church and to our collaborative prophetic weekend or whatever we're going to call it. We're kind of been here and there and here and there. and It's going to be a great time together. We are so thankful and so excited to have Kathy and Charity back with us. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> and uh, it's great to have all you folks from Ignite here with us. It's also great to have the folks from OneReach here with us. Um, where did Brandon go? I had him down the front here where I could point at him. There he is! <laughs> Brandon Frazier, the leader of OneReach, and all his crew are here, and the, uh, the guys from uh, Ignite uh, Student Ministry at Coastal. And so, uh, and we've got a few Catch the Fire people in here too, one or two just sort of sneaking in in between. We, yeah, we brought, we brought the noisy ones. <laughs> right, Sherry? <laughs> so we are so glad to have you. Uh, these uh, meetings are uh, open to everybody and uh, at each meeting we'll be receiving an offering and in fact we'll do that, we'll go ahead and do that in just a second here. So if you want to prepare for that, we want to sow into Kathy and Charity. Uh, if you're making checks out, you can make them to catch the fire Myrtle Beach. If you're giving with cash and you want a receipt, you'll need to grab an envelope off of one of the racks on the tables and, and just give us the details there. We'd be glad to give you a receipt for that. And so uh, uh, all the offering tonight is going into uh, our uh, honorarium for them. So we encourage you to sow generously because we're going to receive richly tonight. These Thursday evenings that this is part of, we have a Thursday evening meeting every Thursday night called More on Thursdays. And we rotate through a series of uh, focus, um, whatever, topics. Uh, so this is the second Thursday of the month, which is our soaking evening. Uh, if you're not familiar with soaking, that's where we deliberately lay aside our own agendas and either lay or sit in the presence of God with just quiet instrumental music and uh, allow God to do whatever he wants to do, to download revelation to you, to t show you his love, uh, just to send you to sleep if you need it. You, you, snoring is okay. We may come and gently lay hands on you if it's disturbing other people. But uh, we will be doing that in the second half of this evening's meeting. And so we do encourage you, if you're coming on the second Thursday, to bring blankets and pillows if you'd like to, because we like to encourage you to lay on the floor. Now, of course, it's going to be a little crowded tonight. So you may have to stay in chairs, but you're welcome to use any free space just to lay and to receive from God. And uh, Jane's going to be leading that portion of the meeting uh, for us, but we're going to be inviting Kathy and uh, Charity to come and minister first uh, as we kick off today. Uh, let me remind you that tomorrow night we are at Ignite Church. Uh, Kathy and Charity will be ministering again at Ignite, so that will be at 6.30, Pastor Jim? Yes, sir. yes that's right. It's always at 6.30 at Ignite. <laughs> I've learned this. This is good. You know, you have to learn how, how each other's schedules work when you're dating, don't you? <laughs> and then we have the prophetic workshop on Saturday at Ignite. And if you're not already registered for that, we urge you to, to register for that. Uh, you just uh, need to send the email to uh, ignitechurchmb at gmail.com with your names in so that we know you're coming. It's a $20 fee for Saturday. That includes your workbook and your lunch. So it's a really good deal, and that'll be 10 till 3 uh, on Saturday for the prophetic workshop. And uh, Sunday, Kathy's uh, speaking here, and Charity's speaking at Ignite. So that'll be, that'll be great. 
And uh, one more little detail next week for Catch the Fire folks, which is not just for Catch the Fire folks, but we have a Catch the Fire conference in Raleigh, North Carolina. Starts on Thursday evening, and we bought a batch of tickets for that, and we actually have three left because some folks had to step out at the last second. So if you have some time when you would like to have a ticket to the conference in Raleigh, uh, then come and see me before you leave tonight, and we'll get you straightened out with that. What did I miss saying? Okay, yes, we're glad you're here. Why don't we go ahead and pass the baskets so that we can uh, sow into Kathy and Charity's ministry. I'm going to pass one along the side here and start the other at the front here. And if you can just pass it from table to table. If you miss the basket, there are also two boxes on the walls uh, by the exits. And you can go ahead and put your tithes, uh, not your tithes, your offerings into that uh, before you go tonight. So... Why don't we pray? You're welcome to still put the offering in while we pray. God doesn't mind that. <laughs> in fact, I think he quite enjoys it. <laughs> so, Father, thank you for the sense of your presence already in this room and certainly for the sense of anticipation that we all have that you're going to meet with us tonight and throughout this weekend. We love to hear your voice and we love to share your presence and your power Father, I pray that every one of us would encounter you in a whole new way through tonight and through this weekend. I want to thank you for Kathy and Charity. I ask your blessing on them and say, Father, we are so thankful that you've given gifts to the body of Christ like these two ladies. We've gained already so much from them. We look forward to all that you're going to do through this time together. So, Father, you know everyone's name in this room and every one of us is precious to you. And we love that. And so when we turn to soaking later, I just pray you'd wrap your arms of love around us and show us all that you want us to see and receive all that you want us to receive from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, baskets are done, so let's give a big round of applause and welcome. Who's coming first? You both coming? You're both coming. Yeah, Kathy and Charity, come on up. Hello, everyone. I'm Charity. Um, and I have a couple things I just wanted to share real quick before my mom gets started. But one of my favorite things is that I like to say is this is my Bible. It reveals Jesus to me. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'm going to be taught the word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'm never going to be the same. And I believe that God is opening up something. And when we say soaking, sometimes we might think, what exactly is that? And what, what are we talking about here? And I'm just going to share two quick things with you that happened to me during some soaking. And that just means sitting in God's presence, hearing his voice. And so we're already stepping into it. Isn't that amazing? So we're already coming in here and just being here together. God does something that we don't even know sometimes what he's doing, but he's still working in us. Um, one time I was in a, a, a soaking session. It was awesome. I didn't really think that anything happened. I didn't hear anything in the moment. But the next day I was in a session. All of a sudden, God showed up. And out of my mouth, I, I said, I had this vision. And I said, you know, Daniel knew where he was going when he was on his way to the lion's den. He knew. But he didn't panic. 
one of the things it says about him is this Daniel distinguished himself. So he made some decisions in himself. And then it says when he knew where he was going to the lion's den, he went and prayed and gave thanks, just like he had done since he was young. So he didn't even shift his prayers. That's pretty amazing. If I'm in a tough spot, my, my prayers start sounding like, why? <laughs> What's going on here? But this guy, he, he's got something different. A different spirit is in him. And he didn't panic. Another time I was in a, a session, and uh, there was an angel, like how you and I can see each other. There was an angel that showed up and um, started telling me some things that were in my life to accomplish. And so I had a really profound experience in that soaking time. And I really believe that God is about to open up something for us as we just say yes to him. It doesn't matter what we came in here with, all the stuff of the day, and, you know, we can be distracted. And so I just want to pray right now that every distraction that has been in our, our heart, in our mind, in our thinking would just go. And that we would open our spirits up to receive whatever God has for us in this moment because we don't want this moment to pass us by. Amen? Yes, that's right. I just said I was going to pray, didn't I? <laughs> so, Father, we thank you right now for this moment. And, Father, we think about the woman with the issue of blood. She knew she just had to touch the hem of your garment. It was that moment that she connected to you. And so we're asking, God, that you would put within us a hunger for you that we've never experienced. God, that you would stir the atmosphere within us to receive, to hear your voice in a way that perhaps we haven't even heard before. And we ask right now for everything that would distract us to just go in Jesus' name. That all the cares of the week, all the cares of the day, Father, we thank you right now that we're just going to let that go. We're going to give it to you. And we're going to allow your spirit, Holy Spirit, we thank you for resting on us right now, that you give us peace that passes all understanding, that you're going to guard our heart and our mind as we focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. You got your phone with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, they mentioned, Pastor Mark and Jane mentioned that Saturday is a prophetic uh, training class, and one of the... Um, questions that I have for all of us tonight. How many of you want to grow in your ability to hear from God? I think if there was ever a day that we need to hear God, it's today. And so that's what Saturday's class is really all about. And you may have had prophetic training. You may have had training in hearing, you know, God speak to you. But one of the things I believe is that we can always learn and always grow. And so I encourage you to come out on Saturday, especially the times that we're living in. I don't know if you ever catch the news, but there's some crazy stuff that's going on in our world, not just here in the United States, but all around the world. We need to hear God and know what God is speaking for this hour and for our personal lives, but also as we gather. I don't know if you realize sometimes that when we have gatherings together, there's an excitement that begins to build as we gather together that will never take place when we're sitting home by ourselves. And it's important that we continue to gather together. Now, it says in Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil, right? It goes down on the beard. Aaron's beard goes all the way down his robe. The Lord wants us to have this extravagant love and community among ourselves. It's not just gathering together for a meeting, but it's 
understanding that he's called us to dwell together. And so I encourage you in all that God is doing just here in the Myrtle Beach area, don't pull away from the gathering together, but keep gathering together. So I had this dream this afternoon. I actually had three dreams. And one of them was a wolf that was lurking in this bush area um, at uh, sheep in a pasture. And I knew in the dream, I knew what to do. So I just said, okay, shepherds gather together. That was it. That was the dream. Gather together. I absolutely believe that the Lord is saying the gathering together right now in this time is more important than any other time in the history of Myrtle Beach because it is a pivotal time and it's a Kairos moment. And the Lord wants us to understand the time and the season that we're in. And so you may feel at times like, I just don't feel like going. You need to come against those spirits of apathy and complacency. And you need to go and gather together because that's where the protection will be. Because the enemy is lurking. He always comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. How many of you know that he doesn't want you anointed? He doesn't want you to walk in your calling, but God has placed every one of us here and what an opportunity we have in this hour that he trusted us to be here. He trusted us. So anyways, um, I'm not a uh, social media kind of person. I do have an account, but charity oversees it. And one of the reasons is um, I just, I'm not so much interested in social media. That's not my thing. I guess I'm not of that, the generation, right? <laughs> but um, I began to see years ago, um, as Facebook first came out, now some of us might remember this, it was all about the selfies, and it drove me crazy. I said, if we have an opportunity to use the internet, let's do it. For the gospel, not trying to draw attention. And I hope I'm not making anybody mad. I don't know if you do a whole lot of selfies out there. I don't know because I'm not really out there. The other reason I don't is because I do so much ministry. I don't want to know anything about people, especially when I go to minister. I don't want somebody to think that I am prophesying from Facebook. You understand what I'm saying, right? So I stay away from it. However, this morning, I was um, awake. About 4.30 this morning, I didn't want to turn on the light um, and wake charity. So I just, I went to my phone, and I started reading the scriptures on my phone. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to jump over to Facebook real quick. I can tell you on one hand how many times I've done that in probably the last 15 years, like hardly ever. And on there, like one of the first things that I saw was a morning meditation from Brother Fount Schultz. And I was like, whoa. I mean, I loved this. And he said, in my opinion, one of the most misunderstood concepts in the Bible is God is judge. We begin by asking, now I have a scripture memorized in Isaiah 22, the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. And we do have ideas about a judge, right? But um, we begin by asking, what were the judges in the book of Judges all about? They obviously were not sitting behind a bench with a gavel in their hands. They were fighting for the rights of God's oppressed people. 
Like, I was like, yes, amen. I was getting excited just reading it this morning. Oh, good, perfect. (laughs) Those judges, then, were the ones who made things right for the victims of oppression. We can make a short working definition by saying that a judge is one who makes right things, makes right things which are presently wrong. I was like, I love it. Thank you, Charity. I loved what you just wrote about. Now, I love Deborah. I mean, like, I love, love Deborah. I talk about Deborah a lot. I love her. I do believe that we are the church of the living God. And the Lord is looking at us. He said in Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. The Lord is looking at us. What are we going to do today? Are we going to hide away? Are we going to be fearful? Are we going to be skeptical about everything that's going on? Or are we going to understand that God has placed us in places just like the judges, right? Where they are fighting for the rights of other people. In other words, we have to love people the way God loves us, right? I was recently with someone Um, I was uh, working, and I was with someone, and they were um, completely depressed. Have you ever been around somebody who's just depressed, and the longer that you're with them, you start getting depressed? Because it it does happen, right? Well, I'm sitting, and I'm realizing, okay, I, I don't know what to do with this person. They're not a believer, I'm a believer, and I don't want to be depressed. I am not a depressed person. And so I'm refusing that spirit of depression that's wanting to grab hold of me. So this is what I did. I thought, you know what? If they are going to talk about how depressed they are and how bad things are, I'm going to talk about how great God is. And I don't really care what they think about me because if I don't go on the offensive and run with the good news of the gospel, I've just allowed the enemy to rule me. And so I started talking about things that God has done. This person loves football. That's one of the things that they enjoy. And so I started talking about how God put me in a meeting and I ministered to a professional football player. Well, then they were like, whoa, wow, that's really cool. And I said, yeah, and here's his name. And I said, I'm sure he's on social media, but I don't look him up. And, and so he's looking him up. He had played for the Atlanta Falcons. And, and so he's looking him up and he finds him and he said, He was team captain for four years in a row. I said, oh, is that good? And he said, is that good? Most people are for one year. He was that, wow, he must have some kind of character. I said, he has good character, and he's a good man of God. What did I do is I took authority over the atmosphere, and I began to charge it with the goodness of God. So today, um, we went down uh, where we're staying, and it's a huge gift. Um, Brother Dave found us this place, and it is so nice. We're right on the beach, and it's wonderful to look out the window, and there's the beach. But we had gone downstairs to get a coffee or something, I don't know. And um, while we were there, I knew that the girl who was waiting on us just wasn't in such a great mood And I don't think she really wanted to wait on us. And so I just said, okay, Lord, 
here's one of the things that I've learned. You never know what someone's going through. You don't know what they've just walked through. You don't know what happened to her before she even came to work. And so I just said, Lord, I need your wisdom right now. What can I do to help change this girl's day? And so we found out, I don't know if you know this or not, and there's still time tonight, folks. It's National Dessert Day. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was really kind of fun. I never heard of it before, but it's National Dessert Day. So, guys, you might want to take your wives out for a dessert. <clears throat> Anyways, I just I looked at her, and we're going through deciding what we wanted to get. And I said, can I buy you a dessert? Yes. Do you know that changed her whole countenance? Like, she went from just being like, I don't really want to do this, to, oh, what else can I get you? And I said, and you know what? I'll buy you a coffee drink, too, whatever. When I say a drink, I was thinking if I say I'm going to buy you a drink, it sounds like I'm going to buy alcohol or something. But it was coffee. That's what was there, coffee and water. So she was happy. And then what I felt like the Lord said is give her a tip. And so I just thought, all right. So I pulled out a $10 bill, and I put it on the counter, and I said, thank you. Do you know that that changed her whole day, that one thing? You know what could have happened is I could have gotten angry at her and thought, look, lady, you've got a job because I'm buying a product from this place right here. And so you need to snap out of it and change your attitude and turn that frown into a smile. How many know that's what I could have done? But the more that we spend time in God's presence, that's why soaking in his presence is good. But the more time we spend in his presence, the more that the Lord will give us the wisdom that we need to make not only the changes that are around us, but to see change come. See, we are the change makers of the day. And I believe that God is stirring his people. If ever there was a time to be stirred, it's now. And if you don't feel the stirrings of God, then you've got to shake yourself free of apathy and complacency. And the one other thing that I know is we need each other. I need you and you need me. We cannot make it through the days we're walking in without being in covenant relationship with one another. We've got to understand that we are the body of Christ. And sometimes what happens, if we were to actually see in the realm of the spirit, we would see a finger over there, and we'd see a hand over there, and we'd see a foot over there, because we have been a disjointed body of believers. But God wants us to be connected together. Some of us have been through so much hurt that we've got all these walls up. We don't want anybody in. And so we are defending ourselves and we begin to pull back and God is saying, we've got to get healed. How do you get healed? Soak in his presence. Let the Holy Spirit come and soak you and take out of you what needs to be taken out of you. Because we can't afford to stay the same if we want to see the change. We wonder and want change in the world. How many of you want peace in the world? You want change to happen around the world. Well, you know what? If we don't get it right right here, how can we expect the world to get along? We've got to learn to get along right here 
and appreciate the differences. I can tell you that pastors Mark and Jane, I've only been around them a handful of times. I love them to pieces. And I love, you know what, Pastor Jane, you are so beautiful. Like, you are beautiful. But when I'm around them, I think, you know what, I love the differences that there are in the body of Christ. How many of you know we're all different? Every one of us. And when we come together, we all bring with us the same Holy Spirit that dwells in each one of us. And there comes this thing that happens that will only happen as we come together. And that's the unity. And the only way unity will happen is if we fight for it. We've got to fight for it. Years ago, I did a message that we have to work at peace or rest in stress. And I'll tell you, it's much easier to rest in stress. Just give in to your thoughts, your emotions, just let it run you wild. <laughs> but you have to work at peace. Jesus said, you know, I give you peace. Well, if, if I'm not working for his peace to rest within me, and I'm allowing my thoughts to run rampant. I mean, you know, today... We have been a, a people that has gone by our emotions. How are you feeling? How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel? Are you feeling okay? Well, I'll tell you what. We all have feelings. We've been created with feelings. But if the emphasis is on the feelings, we're going to shipwreck. We've got to be in this word, and we've got to know what this word says. So I'm going to share something with you tonight that may bother some of us. And, and I'm not trying to bother anybody. And I know that, you know, we have Brother Fount here, Brother Randy here. They're great teachers, and I honor them. I respect what they are, you know, they have and what they bring. To, and I've never heard you, Pastor Mark or Pastor Jane. But there's a depth of, I love teachers. How many of you love teachers? in the body? Like, I'm sitting on the edge of my chair when there's a teacher in the house. What I'm going to share right now is so basic to the faith that I myself have to remind myself of what the scripture says to take hold of the purpose of God in my life. And sometimes it is easier just to kind of coast along and wait to see what's going to happen. Or if something happens, then maybe I'll go. And if it doesn't, then hey, you know, what have I lost? Just stay home in the easy chair. So I'm going to read a scripture. If you have your Bibles, how many of you have your Bibles with you? Even when you soak, can I ask you something? Can you bring your Bibles with you? Because God will speak to you as the music is being played. Open up the word and read the word, and you're going to find the Holy Spirit. I love the moving of the Holy Spirit. I love the moving. All right, so here it is. Oh, there is a dog. It's a spiritual dog. Okay, it's a spiritual dog. All right. She said it. All right, Malachi chapter 1. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. Malachi is one of those books, if I start to get a little discouraged in life, I turn to Malachi. I love Malachi. I love Deuteronomy. I love Malachi. I love Luke. I love Paul's letters. <laughs> I love the Bible. <laughs> that's just what, and I say sometimes, that's my favorite book, and Charity said, you say that about every book. <laughs> it's true. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi 
verse 2. I have loved you, says the Lord, yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord, yet Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated and laid waste his mountains and his heritage for the jackals of the wilderness. Uh, I have no idea what I've shared when I was here last. I think it was in June. I couldn't tell you what that it was. And I was asking the Lord today, did I share this? I don't know. But I do feel like this is a word for the hour. And you can grab hold of what God is speaking to you. And it may not be even in the words that I speak. But the Holy Spirit is here and he's speaking. And I know that he's speaking. And so we can all, it's like what Charity said, we can have a heart to receive. I mean, you've got to open your heart to receive. All right, so when I first read this verse, um, these two verses, actually three verses, I didn't much like it because it's such strong language. God says, Jacob, I have loved, but Esau, I have hated. And I remember the first time reading that and weeping just before the Lord saying, I don't ever want you to say that Kathy, I have hated. I want you to say, Kathy, I have loved. So I began to just dig in the scriptures a little bit to see why would God make such a statement that he loved Jacob, but he hated Esau. So turn over first to Romans chapter 9. And I'm going to show you here in Romans where the Apostle Paul, that I have great respect and honor for that man. In Romans chapter 9, verse 13, it says, As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. There it is again in the New Testament. And so I, I thought, okay, Lord, I need to have understanding. One of the things that I think is important is we read the scriptures. What's your name, sir? Denzel. 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 Did I meet you, Denzel? I did meet you. Denzel, yes, I did. And I remember. If, if I, you know, if I were to say I were preaching to one person in the room tonight, it's to you. So I began to just ask the Lord, which is a good thing. When you have a scripture, don't just keep reading but stop and say, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me? Like, I want to understand this. And, and so it's really important that we not just read to get through it, but we allow the Holy Spirit to come and bring life to us. And it may be that there's one word in there that just sticks to you. Allow the Lord to speak to you. So for me, I had to just sit and say, Lord, I'm not understanding. Why would you say that you love Jacob, but you hate Esau? So let's go over to Genesis chapter 25. And I think this will be, um, how many of you love the book of Genesis? Like, I love Genesis. It's a great book. And it's filled with so many accounts that are important for us. 
um, to read, and and I sometimes we say that it's stories, and when we hear it's there's good stories there, you think, well, a story isn't always true, and these stories are true. They're accounts, and so I like to say these are the accounts. So in Genesis 25, I think what I did, Brother Fount, is I went back to the very beginnings of Jacob and Esau, and I thought, okay, so let's look at the beginnings of Jacob and Esau to understand why God would say that, and that's this, I'm I'm trying to just give you my simple way of thinking that led me to where I'm going to end tonight. And so in Genesis 25, verse 24, it says, So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them, and so the boys grew. Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary, And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils, and he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I just I want to say that these two boys, they're twins, Jacob and Esau. They're twins, and we can look at the very beginnings of them, and we know that Esau, he comes out red, and he comes out hairy. So that's the first thing you could, if you were taking notes, Esau is red and hairy. Can you imagine that birth announcement put out there? (laughs) His baby was hairy and red, right? (laughs) Now, Jacob, um, what do we know about Jacob? Well, as we read through there, one of the things we just read is that Esau was a hunter. He was the one that would go out hunting and make the food for his family. Like, he was the man's man. He was going to go out there and get it done. I, I know some hunters, and they are like the men's men out there. And it's like they go out hunting, and they are on a mission. They're going to get it done. But Jacob, he was a mama's boy. He liked to stay around the tent. He liked to be home, right? I think today... If Esau and Jacob were here with us in the physical, I think that most of us would probably like Esau over Jacob. Jacob was the one that knew how to deceive. He knew how to get what he wanted. Where Esau, if you read towards the end of Genesis, it actually says that there were chiefs that came from Esau's line. And so he raised up men that knew how to be men. How many know we need men today who know how to be men? Men, there ought to be an amen. 
Thank you. I got a couple on there anyways. <laughs> but here you have, you know, Jacob, he likes to just stay home in the tent. And when Esau gets hungry, he knows where to go to get the food because Jacob's making the food. Esau brings it in. Jacob will make the food with his mama. And here Esau is hungry, and Jacob said, I'll give you, I'll give you the food, but you're going to give me the birthright. Uh, what's another thing that we could think of with Jacob and Esau is you go back to their family line, and I'm not going to turn there with you, but if you stay in the book of Genesis, and I could take you back to different scriptures, these two boys were both born into a wealthy family. We probably wouldn't much like Abraham today because he had a whole lot of stuff. And the Bible says that Abraham wasn't rich. The Bible says he was very rich. He had silver and gold and camels and cattle and sheep. He was very rich. How many know sometimes we hate on the people who have what we don't have? <clears throat> That's true. We do. So you have Abraham who's very rich. And when Abraham dies, do you know who he gave everything to? He gave it to Isaac. So he takes everything he has and he gives it to Isaac. Now, Isaac is a very rich man. And there happens to be a famine in the land. And Isaac is going to book it on out. And God said, dwell in the land. And so Isaac dwells in the land. And this is what he does to dwell in the land. He sows into the land. In a time of famine, he sowed. And do you know what happened? He reaped in that one year a hundredfold. He's already rich. Like, how much more does a guy need? Now you think Jacob and Esau are born into that household. They have everything they need. Esau lacked for nothing. I'll sell you the birthright. I don't care. I've got everything I need. Some of us have the idea that I ask Jesus into my life, I'm born again. I can live any way I want to live because I've got the salvation and I'm on my way to heaven. So it doesn't much matter if I go to church or not. Here's a question. You know, did you ever notice that during the pandemic, people, you know, like Costco was open and Walmart was open and Home Depot was open. They were shutting down churches, but you could have 500 people in Home Depot at one time. You know what we should have done as a church? We should have all gone over to Home Depot and had a service in Home Depot. The Bible says, be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. We've got to get wiser. That's why I say we need to grow in our ability to hear God today, to know what to do, not to sit back and just like, whoa, it's getting really bad out there. But we need to go. Arise, shine, for your light has come. <coughs> Charity, if you could get me. Yes, Julie, thank you. I had one, and I didn't bring it up. So thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, so we have Jacob and Esau, and you look at their background, where they've come from, and Esau has everything he needs. Sometimes 
the Lord said in Deuteronomy, don't forget that it's me who gives you the power to get wealth. Why, what happens when we begin to accumulate stuff? We can easily forget God. And we easily forget where we came from. See, I remember where I came from. I remember, I mean, Julie is my sister. Those of you that don't know, I'm sure you probably all know. But, I mean, we grew up with nothing. We were poor. I remember having an outhouse. We didn't have hot water in our house. And I know where I've come from. But when the word of the Lord came to me and God began to say, I've called you as a prophet to the nations and I'll send you with my word in your mouth and you'll minister to presidents and leaders of nations and you'll speak into governments, I thought he missed the mark. I thought, well, that's not right because I've never prophesied a day in my life. But the more that I heard it, the hungrier that I got, the more that I soaked in God's presence, something began to stir in me, and I said, I want it. God, I want. I want what you have for me. And see, I had to personally contend for the promise of God in my life. No one else could do it for me, and no one can do it for you. You have to contend for it. And I'm saying even in this day, I, well, y'all, it doesn't matter. At 61 years old, I'm contending for the fullness of what God has said rest on my life. I'm not going to give up or quit because I've reached a certain age, but I'm contending for what he said. Uh, I, I can't tell you how blessed I am, and when I think of what God's doing right now in this moment in my life, I'm overwhelmed to think that God would put me where he's put me. But see, if I, I looked at it and I thought, well, I could be like Esau. Lord, you've done so many wonderful things Goodness, Lord, I've spoken, I think, to five presidents. That's cool. I mean, there's people that have big, big anointings out there, and I love what they do. But I know where I've come from. I think I've gone before five presidents and ministered the word of the Lord. I know that doesn't compare with what's out there, but I know where I've come from. I know who I am, and I know what God's done in me. I, I was recounting with charity. <coughs> I think I have a assigned baseball. A guy heard I was in town, a, a, a professional baseball player. And so he came to the meeting and signed a baseball for me. I ministered to a professional hockey player and professional football players. God has opened up incredible doors, but if I don't continue to contend for the greater, I'm going to just rest like Esau did. I don't need anything. God, you've been good to me. I'm so blessed, and I am blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How many of you know it's a good thing to say you're blessed? We are blessed. We are the blessed people of God. To think that God would choose us. I mean, he went through our bloodline, and he put in an anointing on us because he's called us to make a difference where we're at. And it doesn't matter if it's before a crowd of 5,000 or if it's before one person behind a counter today who had an attitude. God wants us to make a difference where we're at. We can't always just look to what's ahead in the future, 
But right now, what can I do? And if there's one thing God is saying right now in the Myrtle Beach region, gather together, gather, 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 gather together. And it doesn't matter that there's different ministries. It doesn't matter if there's different churches. God is calling you together. Why? Because there's a preparation that's taking place for what's about to happen up ahead. If we don't get it right and we complain about everything that's going on in the nation and we complain about the governors and the Congress and the White House, we will miss our opportunity. We've got to grab hold of our opportunity right now. Get over the fact that I'm a woman in ministry. Get over the fact that God will call a black person or a Hispanic person. He's not a respecter of persons. He's looking for people who are saying, I don't care what anybody thinks. I want to serve the purpose of God, and I want to love the way God loves. Ooh, you know, it's one thing to say love your neighbor as yourself, but when you say love others the way God loves, ooh, See, there's no greater love than to lay your life down for another person. But Esau, he had everything going for him. He didn't need anything. So why care about the birthright? I'm taking care of the rest of my days. I mean, I've got a rich daddy. I've got everything I need. So who cares about a birthright? But Jacob, there was something in Jacob that God said, I love Jacob, even though he deceived. (laughs) Even as they're coming out of the womb. Yet God said, I love him. Why would God say, I love him? Because I think Jacob did a little bit of reminiscing about his grandpa. He thought, my grandpa, my grandpa could have had an attitude because somebody did him wrong. Lot, his own nephew, his own nephew. And yet when Abraham hears that Lot has been taken into captivity by four kings, four kings in their armies, I don't know how many men that would be, but I think it'd be quite a few men. Do you know what Abraham did? He went to battle. You know who he went to battle with? I I grew up on Route 318. And so this is one of my favorite stories. Abraham had 318 trained servants, trained servants. And he said, boys, we're going to war against four kings and their armies. But what does Abraham do? He goes out and he recovered everything. Not one thing was lost. And I think Jacob began to say, I want what was on my grandfather. I want that anointing where I will go to war even with those that have done me wrong. I'm going to bless those that have done me wrong. I'm not going to hold it against them. Because you know what? That stuff happens all over in the body of Christ. And yet we're called to bless. What did Abraham do? He went and he recovered everything. I think he thought about his grandmother. My grandmother, at the age of 65, was desired by kings. Like what was on Sarah? (laughs) There was something on her because it happened twice. One at 65 and one sometime after that. I don't know how old she was then. But then imagine this. He's thinking, 
Not only did there be kings that desired her, but she had a baby at 90 years of age. I really think that Jacob began to think about the line he came from and what was there available to him. Yes, he had the same thing that Esau had. He was taking care of the rest of his life. But there was something about the anointing that Jacob wanted. And he began to get hungry for what God had. He wasn't going to just settle into complacency. Yeah, I attend church. I go every Sunday. Give me a stripe on my shoulder because I'm doing good. Everybody notice I came to church today. Uh, It's funny because when the pandemic, Costco's open. We all go to Costco. We all go to Walmart. But when it came time for church, I got to use wisdom. I shouldn't be around so many people. (laughs) Somebody answer that one for me. How is it that we're not worried to go out there and get what we need, but when it comes time for church, I'm just a little tired today. I need a break. I know there's times everybody needs a break, please. But I can say as the church of the living God, if we don't begin to value our inheritance and what God is offering to us, his people today, we are going to miss it. Don't let a spirit of Esau rest on the inside of you. Don't let a spirit of complacency take hold of you. Believe God. Fight for healing. Fight for miracles. I just read an account today. I was reading a little bit about the Azusa Street Revival. Are you all okay? The Azusa Street Revival, there was a teenager at the age of 15. He came into the Azusa Street Revival, one of the first teens that was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like he's, he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's speaking in tongues, and, and he would speak in tongues, and it would happen over and over, and people would begin to interpret his tongues. Imagine 15 years old. We need a move of God today. We need a move of God today. So anyways... He would follow um, Brother Seymour around. I love William Seymour. He's one of my favorite guys because he was a black man back in that day. Black people were not allowed to be in the same room as white people. Like, what a horrible time in history, honestly. I cannot believe, I don't like injustice. That's what I love what you were writing. We are to set things right. I loved it. We, I'll tell you, in William Seymour, he knew he was called of God. And do you know what he did? He he said, I'm going to go to Bible college. So he goes over to Charles Parham's Bible college because he knows he's called. (laughs) See, I, I can tell you that I've been through some stuff just being a woman. But we need those tests to come against us. Every one of us need the opposition. We need it. 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 You need it. You know what it does? It makes us humble, but it causes us to be reminded it's not about me, but it's about him, and it's who he chooses. And so he goes to Bible school, but he can't sit in the classroom with the white guys. Like, oh, I get so angry when I think I'd like to sit with Charles Parham right now, and a spirit of slap would come on me. (laughs) 
we need to be awakened. When there's an injustice, we need to care. <clears throat> so he sits in the hallway with the door propped open and goes through Bible college that way. And yet, who does God choose for the outpouring? I mean, one of the greatest outpourings in the history of the church happened because a black man didn't become a victim to his situation and circumstances, but he walked away recognizing, I'm called of God. I'm going to do the will of God, and I don't care if they throw stones at me. I don't care if they hate me. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And that's what he did. See, that's what was in Jacob. Jacob, if you remember, there was a point where he's, wrestling with an angel and the angel says let me go well it's a capital m in my bible let me go and jacob says i'm not gonna let you go until you bless me how many of you would stay up all night wrestling for the blessing that god has for you well we have a hard time being faithful to church or you know I got to get to Costco and get everything I need and get stocked up, though, because I hear it's getting bad again. But church, well, you know, I really believe the Lord is speaking into this region. I understand you've had guest ministry in here. There's a fanning of the flame. There's a fanning, a fanning, a fanning. And I awakened... um, was it this morning? Yeah, we got in yesterday. I awakened. It was between 4 and 4.30. And I'm watching the fog outside. And I didn't want to get up and awaken chair at all. So I just laid. And I'm looking at the fog. And all I could think about was Azusa Street. Because they had always in the room there was like a mist. But sometimes it was a cloud and you couldn't see each other because of the cloud. The, that weighty presence of God would just settle in the room. And who's God using? A black man. I'm like, yes, God, you know how to take care of all the little stuff. He says, um, you think you're so proud and arrogant. You watch what I do. I'm going to take one that knows how to humble himself and not care that he could. Do you know William Seymour could have been the victim of his day? I could tell you stories about William Seymour. I mean, when God told him he needed money to open up Azusa, well, to even have Azusa because he's kicked out of one place, and here he is praying. We talk about soaking, soaking in the Lord. He's soaking, and the Lord tells him to get up and to go get on the bus or a train, get on the train, and go over to a city called Pisgah. Well, William Seymour, that's great if you're a white man, but black men were not allowed out at night. They'd do horrible things to them if they were caught. But God told them what to do. I'm like, isn't that cool? And you know what he did? He obeyed. He gets up, and he goes... And the Lord tells him where to get off at the train. He gets off, and then the Lord tells him which door to go knock on. Woo-wee! You knock on the door, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to call the police, and you'll be tarred and feathered. 
But God spoke to him. Why? Because he was committed to the purpose of God in his life. And he wanted everything that God had for him. And do you know who opened the door? Was a young woman. And she was having, just so happened to be having, a prayer meeting in her apartment, praying that God would bring revival into California. And you know what it is? It's these young teenagers, young people that were hungry for a move of God. And you know, you think about, I think there were four girls in there. Um, one of them was 15. Imagine that. They open the door and there's a black man. You know what? If we let the media guys tell us how to behave to one another, we're going to be animals out there. And it was the same in that day. Those girls would have called the police. But you know what one of them said? Like, I loved this. She said, what are you doing here? Like, she didn't go call the police. What are you doing here? And he said, aren't you having a prayer meeting for revival? And she said, yes. Now listen to what he said next. I love it. He said, I'm the man God has sent to you to bring revival. Like, woo! <laughs> and do you know what they did? They embraced him. Why? Because they were gathered together, praying and seeking the Lord. Folks, we've got to continue to gather. We've got to continue to seek the Lord because Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach is being awakened because God has a purpose in this region, in this territory. He's looking at all of us. What are we going to do? Are you going to sit back and say, well, it's been good. I get to live on the beach. Life is good here. I've got what I need. My bills are paid. You know, that's one of the, to me, one of the worst poverty spirits that I see right away when somebody says, as long as my bills are paid and I've got food to eat, I'm happy. Like, that's poverty. See, I want to bless the kingdom of God. I want to bless people. I want abundance so that I'm able to give and to bless. So we're going to go into a time of soaking. Here's what I'd like you to do is you just sit in his presence. And I think that Pastor Mark might be right. It might be a little too full to lay down. But as we're in his presence, ask the Lord, do I have complacency in me? Will you search me and know me? See if there's any complacency in me, any apathy Am I just kind of living life with no life in me? Because we're the light bringers. We're the life carriers. We're the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Okay, so the just God back here. What's your name, bud? Brandon? Brandon. Um, God is speaking to you tonight. And he, you know that you know that God has called you out. And there's no mistake that's been made. It has been the hand of God on your life that has kept you. And there's those moments in time that you know the enemy wanted to destroy your life. But God, 
He came, he rescued you, he set you free from some things, and there's been a war, a battle around you at times, but God is saying, I come as a man of war this night. I begin to uh, even come against that spirit of apathy that's wanted to grab hold of your own heart at times, and God says, I'm putting a fresh fire on the inside of you, and I begin to reignite a passion within you for my purpose. Your life will never be the same again. Never, ever be the same again. God says, I'm coming knocking on your door. I'm knocking on your door. Brandon, right, Brandon? The Brandon. One thing that I see with you, Brandon, is I see money come into one hand and you pass it into another hand and then you pass it on. God's going to put you in times and places where there's a lot of money put into your hand and it's because he's going to trust you that you know what to do with it, you know where to put it, where to give it, where to be a blessing. And that's not going to be a one-time event, but God is going to cause it to happen many times in your life there will be the ebbs and the flows there will be the times remember what the apostle paul said i've learned to be content in whatever state i am and god is really one of the things i said is sometimes what we need is the very thing we don't want and it's the opposition we don't want the opposition. We don't want the rejection. But it's a very thing that will form you. See, we need reformation, a reforming. Isaiah 43, he says he's talking to Jacob, and then he talks to Israel. See, the natural man is born, but the spiritual man is formed. And God is forming you in this season. It's a whole new ball game for you. God is calling you out. And so Lord, I bless what you're doing in Brandon. I thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke. You're going to be known as the defender, the big brother. It's like, don't you dare touch one of these that I have oversight of. It's on you and it's in you. I see you, you know, the Bible talks about <laughs> when Jesus said, how I, I wanted to gather you and you're going to have that compassion for others you're just going to want to gather them in pull them in to protect them from what's up there but you're going to carry a breaker anointing that's going to break addictions off of ones and they're going to know you're a safe place because God is in the business of forming you in this season it's like he's remaking you causing you to know that it is his grace and his love for you. So Lord, I bless what you're doing and my brother right here, I thank you God for your grace and his life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, the sister right here, what's your name? Hon? Susan. Alright, Susan. Um, Susan, I see you just busy, 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 busy as a bee. Busy, 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 busy. One of the things about bees that I often think of, of course, they give us honey, right? It's the sweetness of God's presence in your life that is bringing so much needed change around you. It's like wherever you walk, the fragrance of Christ is right there. And it just, there's a lingering that's happening. Deborah, who I love in the book of Judges, 
if you read Judges 4 or 5 in there, talks about Deborah. I love that woman. Deborah means a bee. There's a prophetic gift in you. And there is a pulling up of that gift. So Lord, I, I put a pulling on that gift right now. In Jesus' name, I thank you for what you put within my sister right here. Lord, though I don't know her, you know her. And so I say, open up the floodgates. Open, 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 open. Cause her to hear. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And feel, Lord, what you're doing. Lord, I thank you for her. You know what I, I just, was it Susan? Oh, I did it. I'm so glad. I saw you grab, um, you know, one of those noisemakers that um, they have like at the New Year's Eve parties, you know, the loud things. I don't know what they're called. I see you like being this really quiet, nice woman to picking up like this thing and, and making noise. Like, I'm going to tell you, years ago, I would literally sit on the back row with my four kids, and there was a prophetic word that somebody came through, and um, they said to me, this is a word for you, and so I'm listening, thinking, what is God, I don't know what God wants to say, but God is going to take the quiet ones and make them loud. And he's going to begin to pull you up. Hun, there's more in you than what meets the eye. It's almost like that secret weapon that he's pulling out of his arsenal. Say, I'm ready to launch her. And so I bless what you're doing in her. I thank you for her. In Jesus' name, amen. This brother here with the pen in your hand, what's your name? Jay, that's right. Oh, you are so kind. Thank you. I could kiss your cheek. Thank you. But I did say your name right, right? I did. All right. I see um, music coming through you. And the Lord is going to stir your heart with creativity. And there's going to be new sounds, new songs that God is going to birth in you. And it's going to be one of the most exciting times in your life. Because God is preparing you for what he has for you. And so this is a time, like when I look back, Jay, right? You're letting me say Jay, very kind. When I look back and all the experiences that I had in probably a five, six year period when the move of God came in, so I'm a product of a move of God. And I look back over those five, six years and no one can take away from me all the times that God met me. And, you know, people would, we'd be in meetings and people would line up and get prayer. I would just sit in my seat because I felt his love so strong. And sometimes it was like a weight that was sitting on me. It felt like somebody put a cement block on my head. And I, I couldn't move. And I didn't want to move. You're going to experience the presence of the Lord many times. And it's building in you what God intends to do in the coming days. 
what you're doing, my brother. And I put a charge on this gift of creativity right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Who are you, honey? Tess? Tessa. All right, Tessa. Tessa, you have a big heart of compassion. Like, but you are a woman of justice. If there's something not right, you're going to set the record straight. And you're not afraid to confront what's wrong. It's like you will speak up and you're going to say, that's not right. And we're going to do it right. It's like making sure that every T is crossed and every I is dotted. God has put it within you. You're like a mother of Israel. I see many looking to you and thinking if mama knows what I'm doing right now, she wouldn't be happy. And God says, I'm going to give you eyes in the back of your head and you're going to see what they don't think that you can see. And God says, I'm going to pull on that prophetic gift that's within you and words of knowledge are going to flow out of you, Tessa. You're going to be one who has the word of the Lord and it's going to pierce the heart of ones that you are speaking to. It's going to stop them in their tracks. And God says that you will see many fall at the feet of Jesus because of your willingness to speak the truth in love. And love will pour from you to them. And God says, have I not done a good work in your own life? Have I not rescued you? And have I not saved you? The enemy wanted to defeat you and depress you. But God says, I am the Lord of Lords. And I came to rescue you. And I shall cause the anointing to be rich upon your life. In this season, God says you're going to begin to feel a whole different strength within you. And you're going to know that it's the strength of God that's just flowing right into you. Whew! I see, like, one of the uh, teenagers that was at the... Have you ever read anything of the Azusa Street revival? Okay, so that was um, 19... 1906, thank you. This is maybe a different soaking, but it's still soaking, folks. Um, there was a teenager that had an encounter with the Lord, get saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then she has a quarter in her pocket. And she said, Lord, I just want to serve you. She went out and she started... To just with that quarter. Now you're talking about 1900 something, so money went a lot further. But she bought a can of soup and she took it to the streets. And she ended up with a large soup kitchen that fed hundreds and hundreds of people. God's going to give you vision. And you're going to say, we can do this. We're going to do it by the grace of God. We're going to do it. And so fresh vision is coming to you. There's been some pain in your heart, but God says, I'm dealing with the enemy that has come against you and wanted to make you feel less. Ha! I'm raising you up. I'm raising you up, Tessa. I'm raising you up. And God says, it's going to be okay. It really is. It's all going to be okay. Trust is a big thing. But God says, I'm going to give you people that you can trust. And you're going to know They've got my back, and I've got theirs. Lord, I bless what you're doing in her right now. I pray for healing of every broken place. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for every person in this room 
where there has been betrayals. Lord, I, I ask right now that the healing, the healer, Jesus yourself, would walk the aisles amongst the people, amongst the chairs, and root out of every one of us the pain of betrayal, the pain of mistrust. We thank you for healing our hearts. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Okay, sir, what's your name? James, okay, James. Um, James, I see the Statue of Liberty in front of you. And I love the Statue of Liberty, right? And if you ever read the inscription that's on it, it's pretty powerful. I don't have it in me memorized, but I know it's give me your tired, give me your weary. Anybody remember any other part of it? You're weak and you're poor. Hey, look at you. says, ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. God is about to shift things on your behalf. And so I call for a shift right now, a shift of provision. I call it forth for my brother, a shift of vision right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for what you've put in him, what you're doing in him. Like you have largeness of heart and a willingness to serve. You know what I see you doing? Teaching others. Okay, guys, this is what we need to do. We're going to all do this together. And we're going to learn how to serve. As Jesus said, where I am, there my servant will be also. Raise up servants. Servants become friends. And God said, I'll give you the Aaron and the hers. They will arise around you. Lord, I thank you. I also saw James, right? I also had a picture of like a, you know how they have um, like those transport buses? transports people from one location to another. They, a lot of times hospitals and things will use them. And I see that in front of you, like God wants to expand the vision. And when he gives vision, he will bring provision. So I bless you in Jesus' name. The girl right here with the black glasses, what's your name, honey? What is it? Melissa. All right, Melissa. Um, I saw you like between a rock and a hard place and needing to make some decisions and it coming down to where the rubber meets the road and you know I've just got to make a decision and the Lord is saying to you he's with you in the midst of this he's with you you're on the right track don't look back don't look back just keep moving forward and God says I will guide you and I will bring you to those streams of peace and the streams of living water and you will begin to know that I am your God. I'm not just the God of ones around you, but I am your God, and I care about where you're at and what you're facing. And I see you having to leave some things behind. It's like <coughs> baggage, things of past days that's just being left behind. And God is bringing you to that place of joy and fulfillment. You'll have a, a remarkable ministry to young people. Remarkable. Like, 
children are going to be drawn to you. It's like she's got something where they feel loved and they feel safe and secure because the Father's heart is in you for this generation. Lord, I thank you for putting in her refreshing. Lord, refresh her spirit and soul and body in Jesus name Amen alright so I, I shifted a little bit and moved into the prophetic but as Pastor Jane plays how many of you will just say a prayer with me agree with me as I pray and then we'll just allow the Lord to speak to us and show us any area of our life just need adjustment in. You may, you know, feel like you'll never amount to anything. And we know that's a lie of the enemy. You may feel like you can never get beyond things that have occurred. But I say if William Seymour could do it, we can all do it. We can get beyond the injustices that have happened there's one thing I really felt here as I came in tonight is to ask the Lord to search us do we have places in us even in our walk with the Lord where we're just kind of complacent and we're not running hard after his presence because that's the enemy that wants to put the church to sleep it's the enemy that wants us to just give up in the midst of the fight come against every spirit of defeat right now in Jesus name I bind the powers of defeat in the name of Jesus I come against spirits of apathy and spirits of complacency right now in Jesus name and we ask for a fresh fire Lord to rest on our lives we ask you to search us and to know God is there anything in us that has caused us to be like Esau that would just kind of kick back and think well this is life I'm going to enjoy life and there's not much more that I'm going to do but God you put purpose in every one of us we wouldn't be here if you didn't have purpose and so I put a charging on the purpose of God I come against the spirit of quitting right now in Jesus name I bind a spirit of quitting in the name of Jesus Lord we thank you thank you thank you thank you for your heart right here for us tonight that you care okay one last thing and I'm gonna go sit down I promise you we were put in room 1004 and as we were gonna go to our room Randy said it's 10-4 I thought 10-4 so I kept rehearsing so this morning as I was awake early 10-4 good buddy 10-4 you know what that means we are acknowledging that the Lord spoke to us tonight and we're receiving it. Can you do that with me? I acknowledge and I receive what you have for me this night. I acknowledge that you spoke to me. The Lord's speaking to me, folks, too. He's speaking to me. And I'm acknowledging that he's speaking. And I say, 10-4, good buddy. God bless you. It's Pastor Jane.
Jesus to come in. And he has. And we're eating with him. We're eating what he feeds us with. His word and his presence.
Jesus.
Desire 